Hello and welcome to the Sports Code Podcast. My name is Ryan Walker and with me, as always, is the camper himself, Ruben Williams. How are you today, mate? G'day, Ryan. I'm fantastic, my friend. Uh, I have taken advantage of the fact that you can do a podcast from anywhere in the world. Mm. And uh, so, camper is not entirely accurate, but I have been living out of my car for the last couple of days whilst on a bit of a road trip. <laughs> And can you tell us where you are right now? <laughs> I'm currently looking up at Uluru in the centre of Australia. <laughs> well, it's fair to say that, uh, and I was just saying um, before we jumped on air, but I reckon this is probably the most rogue episode we've ever done. Probably firstly because you are, yes, currently in your car overlooking Uluru, <laughs> but... Um, we actually don't have a guest today and we're sort of, it's almost like the debut of a new type of podcast. Um, and I'm going to, I'm going to start off by calling it Sports Grade News because we're essentially just going to chat about, um, you know, a big topic in the, in the world of sport, uh, which has come to our attention this week. But, um, I just want to make sure like you're comfortable in there. There's no dingoes around you. <laughs> um, you've locked the car. Um, so as long as you're all good to go, we'll, we'll, we'll start. Yeah, the uh, the mobile studio is uh, is ready to rock. But um, you're right, some some big news coming out of the US. So very keen to talk about what it means to, for students trying to look to get into the industry. Awesome. All right. Well, I'm glad you're comfy. So yeah, as um as I mentioned, um this week and, and this has been a topic for I don't know how long. Um, I guess ever since college sport in America became somewhat big, and and to be honest. It has been massive since I can remember and even going back in the, in the history books, um, it's always been massive. But this week, the, the NCAA agreed uh, for the first time to allow college athletes across the country to capitalise off their fame for the first time. So, essentially, this decision allows students from all over America to strike endorsement deals profit off their social media accounts, sell autographs, um, and just make money off their name through, you know, images, likeness, um, whatever it is, uh, which can potentially, you know, can be directing millions of dollars towards college athletes every year. And I, I can already think about, you know, so many athletes before in all kinds of sports that have gone through college and have been absolute megastars. Like I'm thinking, I remember Johnny Manziel. I remember he was running around a few years back. I'm <laughs> thinking now like, you know, all these up-and-coming NBA stars who have essentially gone through college and not been able to make a cent uh, because they are college um, athletes. And I guess we're just going to chat about what that means for a whole loads of different people, um, whether it be, you know, national sports organizations, brands, uh, the athletes themselves, and then also students at the universities themselves as well. So, what was your take on it? I mean, for me, it's absolutely huge and I think it just opens up so many doors. So, interested to get your thoughts, mate. Yeah, definitely. I think the commercial implications are, are massive because now you've got hundreds of new people, faces, personal brands that can be commercialized. So it's awesome to see that this is starting to catch up and people can start to be rewarded financially for 
the attention and eyeballs that they create for brands and for sports and for colleges in this case. And I think you're going to start to see a new wave or an increased wave and trend towards people utilizing the assets that they can can create on the internet. So the Instagram accounts or podcasts, for example. And at the moment, you see a lot of elite athletes doing this, but you don't see so many college athletes doing that's because they've never been able to make money off it particularly in the US and that's where a lot of the trends start to come from so now you've got hundreds of new accounts that can be commercialized which I think is just going to you know trigger this new wave of people getting into that space and so what it means is that you're going to have I think people around the world heavily influenced by this and it's not just going to be the professional athletes so for an Australia, you've got people like uh, Dylan Buckley, for example, former AFL player, started a podcast, hugely successful, or has commercialized that uh, successfully. Shane Watson, another one who's used his brand really, really well to start a podcast and commercialize that. I think you're going to start to see more people in the next rung down catch on to the fact that this is something that they are welcome to be a part of too. And it's not anything new for people who have been in the creator space in their own little realm. But for maybe, you, you know, your, your slightly sub-elite athlete, this is something that is going to become a lot more popular and that just opens up a world of opportunities uh, for them financially because for a lot of these sports, they don't get properly remunerated and I think for the brands as well, um, particularly those trying to target Gen X uh, audiences, it just creates, a, a, you know, even more opportunities for them to connect with the audiences that they're trying to target. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, like I think about it, I'm like, these games, like I know that American football NCAA gets 100,000 people to their games. And it's like, for me, it just kind of opens up so many possibilities around what almost like what the modern athlete could possibly be. Like Mm. I think about, um, you know, in cricket, say, which what I do best, um, (laughs) like if you go back probably 30 years ago or even 20 years ago, 10 years ago even, if you're a cricketer, you, you're playing for Australia and it was like the top 11 players, top 10, 11 men and women's players were cricketers and the rest were just sort of state cricketers. Now it's like you don't, you don't have to be in the top 11 players in the country uh, to make a career out of sport. Um, I think there's something like 200 and something players in the BBL and WBBL. So it's like there are so many possibilities now for people to make a career out of cricket um, despite not playing for Australia. And I think in this context, it's like, hey, if if these guys don't make the NBA or they don't make the NFL, they've got like four years of their college degree and after that because they're going to build a profile. Like people love college sport. They're going to make money. It just opens up a lot of doors if that opportunity doesn't present itself. Like they're able to make money whilst they're at college like you and I could. So I think it's, just, it's going to change sort of the way the professional athlete exists in America at least. And it's going to – and like you said, you know, if you're a really popular player um, in, in NCAA football, why wouldn't you start a podcast if you've got a really strong following build that podcast and then, hey, what if you don't play? You don't, you don't play, you know, in the NFL. Your career can just go from there and you can make money. So, I think it's going to it's gonna ruffle a few feathers, which is going to be interesting. 
Well, um, tell, tell us about how, you know, your background is obviously at Cricket Australia working with commercial partners. If a commercial partner who's sponsoring Cricket Australia wants to use the face of an Australian cricket player, how do they go about doing that? Because I'm sure that the processes uh, and contracts in those deals are a lot more rigorous than perhaps some of the flexibility that we're going to start to see when people have their own asset. Yeah, 100%. Um, like, I guess how that works is, you know, obviously the level of partnership that you are, you'll get more player access or, and whatnot. Um, there's a whole bunch of different rules around, you know, how many players you can use and how many need to be of use in each time, those kind of things. But I guess, um, of course, like it's harder to get, say, a Steve Smith if you were a certain level of partner. So, I guess like in this situation, it's kind of like they're going to get access. And, and I, hang on, I'll take it back. Say if there was like a co- college cricket of some kind of description mm. there, it's almost like you get another 200 players that you could use as a bit of a pool for commercial partners to possibly leverage off, mm. which is a huge amount um, because if you think about it, there's only so many players that um, people want to, want to use and, and want to get appearances from getting their digital campaigns, all those kind of things. So I guess it, it just, it opens a lot of doors commercially um, for say the NCAA, like yeah. imagine what the possibilities are there. Cause at the moment there wouldn't be too many, too many avenues to, to do that. But I'm thinking like if I was a, a partner of the NFL, why wouldn't you go and do some endorsement deals with some potential draftees? Cause they're of, absolute you know everyone's going to be looking at them and everyone's going to be wondering where they're going to go so you know i think you'll probably see a lot of brands just probably top up their sponsorship spend to to include some player deals from from colleges so should be very interesting um yeah well it gives them a chance it gives them a chance to just take a punt on people yeah like you said that quite well we're talking about football (laughs) (laughs) hard <laughs> <laughs> not intended but yeah love it um but previously you know you'd have to wait for you know zion williams to get to the nba before nike and yeah. new balance and under armor can fight over each other to get his signature yeah now similar to the way that um an afl player agent will hang around at the under 15 you know tac cup and try and make an introduction to them and their family very early on to get their signature yep. and hope that they turn out to be, you know, Luke Hodge, number one pick, best player in yep. the AFL formerly. Now you're going to see a lot more brands just, you know, spreading their commercial partnership deals far and wide to see which ones come off, um, which I think will be extremely interesting. But, like, t- tell us about some of the rights that commercial partners have with with Australian cricket contracted players versus the uncontracted players. Like, there's only, what, 20-odd contracted players that Cricket Australia have each, each year, uh, and those signatures or those contracts are worth, you know, millions in the case of Steve Smith and Mitch Stark and David Warner. But if you miss out, the drop down to a state level isn't that bad anymore. So what, by not being a contractor player, what sort of things does it open yourself up to? Because I imagine there's a lot of exclusivity being a Cricket Australia contractor player. Yeah, like you're dead right. Like you obviously you want you want to be on that list, don't you? Like you 
I mean, it gives you the rights to be in, you know, national campaigns or, or, or like it's more of a if CA you want to go out with campaigns, they, could, they can use you and, and do all that. So, you're obviously going to get more exposure. Um, there's, there's obviously state obligations that you've got to do, but um, you're going to find that a national campaign is going to probably trump that. Yeah. Um, but I guess it doesn't it doesn't stop you from, um, you know, getting put in to commercial campaigns from, from our partners. They just have to go about it in a, in a different kind of way. Um, so, like, I guess what this would do is just allow more of those players to be exposed to, to media and, and campaigns and that kind of thing um, against, you know, maybe before, probably not so much, and they'd have to literally, you know, make their performances on the field, do the talking mm. to get up to that stage. So, yeah, I think, you know, it should be very interesting and I think we're going to see a lot of a lot of campaigns from brands out there that's going to feature players not from the big leagues. Brands like Nike, say, and Adidas and Under Armour are going to have all these college stars and I think it's it's probably also going to increase viewership and all, all those kind of metrics because we're going to be like, oh, who, who, who's that? Like, who's she? Where, where'd she come from? Yeah. So, you know, it's going to get more eyeballs, which is going to be huge. Yeah. Like I mentioned Dylan Buckley earlier. He's a delisted AFL player who's become more successful since starting his own podcast. And I heard him speak about it recently because he's also recently ticked over 100 episodes, uh, but he's done millions of downloads. And, um, he said he just started the podcast as as a way to get a job to set him up for post AFL career, and now it's become his full time job. So him and his yeah. good mate Daniel Gorringe, who's another very popular figure who's also been delisted, are proof that even if your playing career doesn't turn out as you hope, then there's still ways that you can capture an audience and commercialize it. But um, right, I want to talk about some of the opportunities that exists for students in this because I'll stick with Dylan Buckley. The person who produces his podcast, now I'm pretty sure I haven't fact-checked this other than what I've seen on LinkedIn. The person who produces his podcast is the content producer at the Carlton Football Club. Now, I presume they've just been connected because Dylan was playing at the Carlton Football Club and I saw this content producer's you know, notification pop up saying he's just started a new role as podcast producer at Dylan Friends Podcast. Now, there would be a lot of athletes out there, once this trend starts to kick in, who will not want to edit their own podcast, who will not want to produce their own social media. All they want to do is nah. talk, get their voices out there, and have someone else cut it up and produce it for them. So, with this new trend coming out of the US that I believe is going to influence other sports markets around the world that's going to create a new wave of opportunities for people wanting to work in sports, particularly within the content space, because it, you know the opportunity to be a content creator isn't only going to exist at AFL House or at Cricket Australia. You can do it for an independent body like the Dylan Friends podcast or whichever athlete decides to do their own thing. So I think for students, touching up on your content creation skills or learning them to begin with uh, is going to be a really valuable tool in the future, hundred percent, and I reckon it's almost it's almost going to create opportunities for students within the universities. Like, imagine you know you've had some sort of experience in mashing up podcasts or creating content, 
and you know someone who is going to try and commercialize their social media and all those kind of things, it's almost like a free, like a free way to get some experience in working in sport by assisting these college athletes in doing that. Like, I'd be jumping at that if I was someone over there. Like, totally. Please let me do your social media. I, yeah, I don't know well, what that, it is, but that's literally how it. How good is that? Literally, I think what you just said is then is spot on. Like, the people who get these opportunities are not going to be the ones who apply for them because these people aren't even going to think to put up a job description for it. Literally, if you just message them and say, hey, how are you editing your podcast? Or, hey, I think there's an opportunity to create more social content off the back of your podcast here's how I can help you, then that's an opportunity you've created for yourself. So those who are creative and willing to put themselves out there are going to find that this new trend of content creators in sport with, um, you know, focusing on the level below elite is going to, you know, be very advantageous for those students. Yeah, 100%. I think it's a new era, which is which is going to be very interesting to watch. So I think we'll we'll watch it very closely, I think, from over here. And, of course, when we do our sports grad tour, we'll, we'll go and check on how everything's happening in uh, in college life. Um, yes, definitely. Well, mate, we'll wrap it up. I enjoyed just talking a bit of smack with you and talking about the news, which is great. Um, I think we should do this more often. I kind of like it. I think so. Um, I think so. But, yeah, um, that's a bit of a wrap. Chat about the NCAA. Now officially allowing players to commercialize themselves and actually make a bit of cash, which is absolutely awesome for them. Um, Rubes, good luck out in the wilderness, mate. Um, Thank you. It does look rather dark in there. I can't see a whole heap of light out at Uluru, <laughs> but no, all the best um, and enjoy the road trip. Don't allow the dingoes to get you. So, Thank you. I'll, I'll, good luck. I'll keep an eye out for them. And for anyone out there who hasn't already, feel free to connect with Ryan and myself on LinkedIn. If you want to continue the discussion or if you want to message us about anything else, feel free to find us on LinkedIn. Awesome, mate. Well, thanks, everyone, for listening, and we'll see you next time.